The Off the Huzzle Podcast would like to thank all their sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, Last Mountain Distillery, Molson Coors, Rubber Co., and Cutter and Buck Canada. Now, it's time for your starting lineup. The pro hockey player, Turner Ripplinger. The golf insider, Tori Coglin. The original co-host, Troy Koser. And your host, Drew Koser. Now, sit back and enjoy the podcast, Off the Hosel. Alrighty, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 134. My name is Drew Koser, I'm your host. Not joined by Troy today or Turner, but down in Alabama, Tori Coughlin. What's going on today, so Tori, how are you? Hey, 134. That's give or take 134. What do you mean? That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah, we've been pretty solid. But before we get going here, we got to mention that the whole podcast right now is brought to you by Rubberco. Rubberco was founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires, and has tons to offer. We offer rubber, rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubbercode.com or can follow us on social media at rubber.co. And can call as well, 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. All right, there it is. Rubberco, Rubberco pre-show. Episode 134 today. Have an absolute nail gun on the pod. Uh, Tori, first up, what's uh, what's new? What's going on? What's happening? Where are you at? Besides, I'm at home. Uh, the weather's been shit pretty much all month, so my fishing game needs almost more improvement than my golf game. But uh, no, I've enjoyed the uh, the football playoffs in the NFL, and been watching a little hacky, and just enjoying time at home. Who did you pick to win the Super Bowl again? Uh, I lost early. I had, I went, I think I went Buffalo. We'd have to go back and listen. Yeah, we should go back. I'm pretty sure I went Buffalo. Do you know who I picked? Uh, I'm going to go with KC. Eagles, because I, I ride or die with my brother and my dad, both big time Eagle fans. Like they're pumped oh, up. That's right. Dave Stewart, big Eagles fan too. So he's, he's still up. rubbing one. Dude, they dominated that game. Oh my goodness! Well, you put three Alabama players on the starting offense. What do you expect? <laughs> there it is, proven talent. Go to University of Alabama, nowhere else. Yeah. Um. By the way, we, we, <laughs> advice we, for the kids. We need to have that coach on. By the way, what's his name again? Coach Saban. Yeah, where's he at? No, not the football coach. The the golf coach. Oh, Coach J C. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I can text him. I feel They're like probably just coach, every coach in D one has to have the first two initials J C. What's the guy in Florida, J.C. Deacon? J.C. Deacon. Yeah. And J.C. Sewell. Yeah. Actually, I actually saw Coach Sewell about, well, not yesterday, but the Sunday before. Um, right. Shook hands and, you know, kissed his forehead. But, no, uh, he, he's, he's told me before he'd come on. He's told me just give him a call, so. We'll do it. Figure it out. Let's get it done. I love yeah. it. I, love I think it'd be I think it'd be great to start getting some college coaches. Yes. You know, like yeah. like I thought I thought Deacon was really good. You know what else we should do? Get a bunch of D ones and then also like a bunch of D three junior college, get some JUCOs on. Because you know yeah. you know who listens to the pod then? It's the junior golfers. They're coming in. 
hey, I want to know. Yeah, they might not need to hear what we talk about, though. I don't know. No, but we want to ask these guys how the recruiting process works. That's one of my biggest things. I love, I love hearing that side of it for sure. That's a fact. So, anyhow, hell, I know right now I can get the Montevallo coach on. Like, I went there. Woody went there. I don't know if any other SAS people have gone there, but, um, but he's always got like a Canadian or two on the team. Canadians. Uh, okay, episode one thirty four. This is the Rubber Crow pre-show. Tori, what do you want to? Where do you want to go here? Do you want to go football? We talked about that a little bit. Hockey trade today. Um, golf. There's a little bit of a controversy there with Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed. Um, yeah. We're oh, let's going. start with that. I I, okay. I don't know the details, so I I need you to take off with it, and I'll just so give me the Reader's Digest. As much as I know and read and looked at, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone listening, but I'm pretty sure. He hit a golf. He hit his golf shot. Says that it went in the tree. Okay. And they're like convincing that hey, that they, that's my ball in the tree. They gave him a pair of binoculars, looked at it, and said yeah, that's my ball. Meanwhile, I think, don't quote me, I think Rory said, I saw it go in the water. So that, and then basically, like Rory didn't shake his hand. Um, you know, obviously. How about that? How about that? Fucking. <laughs> Big dick move. Yeah. Holy smokes. On so the driving that, range, I don't know if everyone saw it. P. Reed came up to Rory. I guess it, I'm guessing it was like Monday. And... Yeah, that was that was the second thing. Because the first thing was the T incident. Mm-hmm. And the shaking the hand. Now this. And then Rory obviously wins a tournament. Like, unbelievable. Rory was like bending down, like checking his yardstick or something. And like, P. Reed came up and just held his hand out. And then Rory just... Never even looked up. Nothing. Just gave him absolute ice. It was, I thought it was hilarious. Not today. So, yeah, that's no. kind of what I was reading and looking at. But, like, you got to know where your ball is. I mean, I, I've seen my golf ball. Well, so, so I, um, who was it? Oh, Brandel Chambly. He posted this video on Twitter and it was like super duper slow mo and it looks like the ball ended up lodged in that palm tree. Okay, that so said the there was like two or three in there. Okay. So then maybe he didn't say I saw it on the wall. I don't know. I'm just reading all this and I'm like, what is happening? But Yeah, I don't know. I think it would I think it's funny if Rory was just saying that just to fuck with him. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to have honestly, I think it'd be sweet to have well, obviously those guys on, but just ask Patrick, hey, like, w- what feels you every day? What feels you up? Who, he... But by the way, who would win in a fight between Rory and Patrick Reed? Yeah, Rory. Got the. I think he's got. I think he's got a little more like dog Scottish in him. Is he English? He's Scottish, right? Was he? He. That would be Irish. You're Irish. you're getting you're beating around it, but we're close. He'll get there Not eventually. There. Uh, okay, so that's what happened. And then what else do I want to talk about? I want to talk about, oh, the trade today. You saw that, obviously? No, I did not. Go on. So Bo, Bo Horvat gets traded to the New York Islanders today for Nathan Bolview or Bolview or I can't even say his name. Bolivier? That's it, yep. A first conditional first-round pick this upcoming draft and a, another prospect. Oh, his name's different. I can't say it properly. So I don't even say it. Anyways, 
a two for one and a conditional first round. Dude, right. I saw Bo Horvat practice this year in Calgary. That guy is that guy's the man. He's having all the year too. I, I thought he'd go to a, like a bigger contender than the Islanders. Yeah. Like, uh, well, did I hear today that others are wanting trying to look at uh, Shade Ghost of Beer, the demon that's currently injured in Phoenix or Arizona? Sorry, um, he's he used to he, he used to be nasty man when he played for Philly. Like he was gross. I don't know what he's got like now, but he was gross in Philly. Super skilled. No clue. Okay, well, let's go to the Leafs then, because uh, you watch the Leafs, obviously. Yeah, big win last night, five one over the Caps. What, they an just, uh, what a shitty time to play hockey. Four o'clock. Yeah. Well, it was well, championship weekend. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I, I'd say yeah. I'd say they don't want to compete with the NFL, but they put it right between the two games, so really they're competing with the end of the first game. And why, why not just go at noon? Second. Go at go at noon on a or a two o'clock game on a. Or, or, sorry, when was the first game? Two o'clock probably or one thirty. I think it was three hour time, so uh, four Eastern. Okay, so done. yeah, just do it at noon Eastern. Austin over with. for what three months or something? Yeah, something like that. But Eesh. I mean, shit. The Leafs after they they play Wednesday, and then I think they don't play until the following Saturday. They have like nine days off, so break. at least like nine or ten of those days, he's not even missing games. Yeah, because they all play this week and then they're done, right? For All Star break, is it? Yeah, they got All Star break, and I don't know why. Like they have so many days off, but I, like I, it's probably a scheduling thing. But I like they have two more games played than anybody else, so maybe it's just getting it back on track. I don't know. I don't make the schedules, but fair enough. But no, I'm. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, skills challenge? I'm not a big fan of the All Star Game nowadays, to be honest. But I, I liked oh. it way back, way back when when I was like young, young. Oh, man, dude, when I was a kid, like there's, I loved there's no. It. I don't know, man. It's all about socials. That's what it is. Like the social. Owen yeah. Nolan pointing top cheese and yeah. rifling it past Hasek. That was sick. Yeah, I don't, I don't I really just... care about the game anymore, but I, I still all I love the skills competition. Just like the home run derby in baseball, I'll watch that all day long. Sign me up. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's whatever. I, I do like some of the pat like I like the shooting one when they shoot the targets down. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it to be honest. But I'll watch it or I'll I'll have it on the background, I guess. I like the old ones way better. Dude, speaking of the Leafs, how about so they have like that nine or ten day break? Right. And fucking Martyr and Matthews three days in have to go to the damn all star game. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. They could be in Cabo. Uh, okay, quickly here. I want to mention that uh, our dear friends over at Last Mountain Distillery, what they're pushing right now is 10% off profits from their local brand uh, vodka. So basically, they if you buy a bottle of... Here, let's see here. Here's an example. If you're watching on YouTube, local vodka. If you buy one of them, they will give 10% of the profits to a different local Saskatchewan charity each time. Pretty cool. So check out Last Mountain Distillery and buy in stores and retailers here around the province. Uh, they're located in Lumsden. We're just rolling through there today. So not too far from Regina. Um, you know, obviously, if you're coming from Saskatoon or Prince Albert or wherever, check them out. 
enjoy it. Uh, and obviously support a great cause. So last mountain distillery. <sighs> That's a great cause. I still want to try that dill pickle. Yeah, I, I did ask you for your um I don't think I'm actually legally allowed to send you booze in the mail. So no, I'm I'm pretty confident that's a no no. So that's not gonna work. But maybe I could like put it in like like the ocean or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe put a message in there too. It's like this, dear Tori, you're awesome. Thank you. Dear Tori, this actually isn't vodka. It's yeah. Enjoy this dill pickle vodka from last mountain distilling in lumsden saskatchewan distillery um so also with golf how about max homa what a, tempo, what a year two the kids had tempo town like he got well i mean he was i i say famous like i don't know about up there but like down here people knew who he was because he won the ncaa i oh, actually he beat rom in the ncaa championship and never heard of him and then I think it was two years ago or three years ago, he made like 18,000 in an entire year. And since then, he's had six wins. Like, that's awesome. And then he got famous for roasting everyone's swings on Twitter, which was very funny. Yeah. But no, he, he seems like quite a character and obviously a great player. I mean, six, there's, if you start thinking about it, there's not a ton of guys who've won six times on tour. Like, there's Ryder Cuppers that have not won six times. Well, why don't you just keep it simple? How many guys haven't won on tour? Yeah. Well, like, like to win. Look, or, look or, at the or, career or, Graham Dillette had. Or K. Sound like a seal there. Or, 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 or you go and say, hey, who has won a single tournament on tour? Like, the list can't be, it can't be that long. Nope. <laughs> I'm sure it's, you know, obviously it's been around forever, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think winning at that level is unbelievable and like some of the scores they shoot it's sickening with minus 28 and minus five it's like are you you guys even trying or like how big are the golf holes are they just bigger for them like fuck it's unbelievable i i do think there's some i I do think their pins are way more forgiving than the average pin like when you see chips ram into the pin they just drop every time (laughs) yeah ours are like hit it hit a stone by accident and then it's in the bunker now it's like what happened there and then you made a seven wish have an easy then, up and down for par then riles ashes on it <laughs> uh okay uh oh hey so are you coming down this year for the for the mid am i'm i'll be there for a, a tournament i is that like is that like yeah. secret or now are we keeping it quiet for a bit we're we're keeping it a little quiet because cause I don't know which one I'm gonna play at. Okay. It'll be the, the mid am or something else. Or nip one. Okay. I did not say that. Also, I think entries are closed for that. We'll get you in there, pal. Don't worry. I know some guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll figure it out. You yeah. just fly in on a PJ and land on the curling rink? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll private. I'm yet. actually not playing Nip when I'm just gonna come up and caddy for uh, Kevin Deets. You just did a we did an off the hustle blimp, we're just rolling around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the fucking with with the Snoopy logo on it. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to figure out this year if I'm gonna be able to go to North Battleford and play in the mid. 
You should, man. Dude, I love the track. So dialed in. I played it three times. They're all tournament, or one was a practice round, but the other two were, uh, it was a pro, pro am, I think. Dude, it's legit. Like, it is. If anyone is up in the air about playing in that, like, it's been since 2004, since the am was there. I promise you, they will have the course in perfect condition. Like, you have to go. You have to. Most underrated course in the province. Easy. Mm-hmm. No, I hey, I love it, dude. It's a great, great track. Um, I wanted to ask about well, quickly here before we go into our, uh, you know, next topic. But I wanted to ask you about last week's, or I guess two weeks now, maybe was it last week? Last week's guest with Chris Nyland. Um, man, he's legit. Hey, what are your thoughts on yeah. it? I just, I, I, I just really love those Boston guys. Yeah. Just like how we were talking earlier, just how like nonchalant he's like. Yeah, I know a guy who robbed a bank. Like, like, don't you? Seriously, like, no, I don't. Like, my dad's bank got robbed once, but but yeah, I <laughs> like, saw it in the movie once. The town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know R.A.? <laughs> but no, he he was he was really cool, and he he just I don't know. I he's probably got so many stories in the vault. Like, it seems like he knows everybody, and it, no, he was just he was awesome. Right. Yeah. No, I I thought Chris was great. You know, he obviously. He played a long time. You know, won a cup. Does a podcast now called Raw Knuckles with uh, with the with the boy Timmy Stapleton. That, I thought that was the funniest thing the whole thing when he's like, "Your boy is my boy, Timmy Stapleton." Yeah, but no, I, I love when these guys like they don't treat us like just absolute pigeons. Like we yeah, actually I think like they love it w- when they engage and actually talk. Like, and I think they do love it. Just like um, you know, like uh. Like, for example, locally, like Ron Stewart and Jim Sissons, like I, they both said they they really enjoyed it. Like it brings back memories and stuff like that. And and it's fun to talk about your successes and your stories and this and that and and even other people's stories. So, no, it's well, cool. Well, even like like the celebrities side of things and even like the local celebs will call them, which I think they are. They could absolutely body us, you know, not so much you. I mean, you've won quite a bit. You know, I was I was. I was an elite junior, but I mean, hey, I I haven't done nothing as an amateur. So, um, you know, except for, you know, the Royal Regina, Fraser Cup stuff and the real, not a big deal. Teams always <laughs> win. We got 11, 11 other guys in the team, though, but they're, we're pretty stacked. But those guys should be like, you know, they have like the, the some of the lists that they used to send me in for like interviews. I'm like, when does it end? But this guy's, has, has, he, has he lost? Here, send me those, send me those years. You've lost tournaments. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. No, I love it. Like no. sitting down with guys at Scott Knapp and and Sizzle and and you know uh, Ron Stewart, all these guys, man. It was it's cool. We gotta get back on that stuff. You know, I think maybe maybe there's a part two of it. Maybe it's season two. No, we could. I mean, shoot. Well, Jim, I could have talked to for days, but even like even Ron Stewart, we like we could probably have him on again. He's probably still got more stuff that. I'd like to do like, um, I don't know why we're talking about this on recording, but like have like a week or two of having people send in questions and stuff that we could just basically have a question section for guys like say him or Jim or even like Marty Ring or, you know, who knows who else, but yeah, I I think if we get back to Cobes. Yeah. And I think if we get back to that, 
you know, more Gulf Saskatchewan, um, you know, guys and girls on ladies, uh, men, you know, asking them questions and then getting back on is, Hey, Hey, Sizzle, uh, actually today we have, you know, three lucky guests or three lucky people that want to, you know, ask you questions. You know, we will lead it. Hey, Jim, um, uh, Mr. Jim Box has a question for you, you know, and he, he asked a question and, you know, I think that'd be sweet. And then you get to ask these living legends that are just grinding every back then when they, when they were so good, I, I think it'd be yeah. sweet. No, it'd be awesome. We need to do that. And and like I said before, like everybody give us your feedback. Cause we don't know what you want unless you let us know. So. Yeah. And um, I see people listening. So clear- and we appreciate it. Positive and negative. Just like, like I said, positive or negative criticism, like let us know what you like, what you don't like this and that. And I, and I think I, I have heard from a few people, we, we need to have more like Saskatchewan golfers on. Yeah. And, and I agree with that there. Unfortunately, there's only so many, um, right. but um, Jim Bourne, that's another one we need to get on. Yeah. He was, um, he was in Toronto this year, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I yeah. think so. I think I met him there. Good guy. But, yeah. He's played in some canes, but or was no, that Ron anyways, Swan? Oh, Ron Swan was there. It was Ron Swan. Ron Swan. <laughs> what? Ron Swan. Who's that? I thought you were talking about Ron Swanson. Who's that? From Curb Your Enthusiasm. Or not, uh, sorry, uh, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> no, is that the day? Oh, yeah, the campaign. That's his name. Um, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, let's, uh, yeah, I think we should get that back going. Um, you know, more locals talking about their golf games, what they've accomplished, what they haven't yet, maybe. Um, yeah, but on a, on a side note, we got our first roper on the podcast today, man, this guy roping steers, I think, and cattle and he's legit hilarious, dude, man, we're like, you weren't on for this one, Tori, but no, Steve, I wish I would have. Big Mac McIntyre. Wow! If, if you listen to podcasts or hockey podcasts, you've you've heard of his name. He was a tough sob, and people did not like going toe to toe with him. Yes, and funny wants to do it again. He goes, "Let's go round two, let's go round three, whatever you want to do." Says, "I'm like, dude, you want to join the pod?" So, um. Yeah, like he was all about it. It was a great interview. So I, I think that people that are listening today will 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 love it. It's unreal. Any last any last minute comments there, uh, Tori, before we send it to our guest? Uh no, just quick thought. Uh thinking about Phelpsy right now. Uh he had uh passing his, his mother passed and uh so we're thinking about him. And and Bobby Hall just passed today. So yep. That's too bad. What a legend. But so thinking of you, Phelpsy. Yeah, prayers for sure. Um that's okay. about it. I'm I'm fired up to hear uh hear what Mr. McIntyre has to say. Big Mac. Uh you obviously can understand why they call him that. Six foot five, played, I believe, ninety one NHL games, played with the Edmonton Oilers, played in Wilkes Bear, played in uh Man. is it the UHL? I think it's equivalent to the IHL, Nail Gun League. Uh, played for three or four Western Hockey League teams, the Red Deer Rebels, 
Saskatoon Blades, Prince Albert Raiders, the Medicine Hat Tigers for a stint, and finished in, I believe, Dauphin in the MJHL. If I'm wrong, I was close. I know it's in the MJHL. Uh, undrafted, signed in van. What a story. Uh, this guy's unbelievable storyteller. There is a few uh, cutouts. His mother is actually calling him t- three times on the pod, so bear with us in that. There is a funny part, uh, actually, in, in the third part of it. Um, the third time she calls. So um, sit back. Hope you enjoy the interview. Episode 134, Steve McIntyre. Lost Mountain Distilleries. Spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like Hibiscus Lime Vodka, Sweet Tea Vodka, Local Coconut Vodka, and Local Watermelon Vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Lost Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, Raspberry Mojito, Gin Fizz, and Mango Seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more. Perfect. Alrighty, we're pleased to have on today from Brock, Saskatchewan. He was a legit heavy in the National Hockey League. Could throw him with the best of them. Played 91 NHL games. Played in the WHL for a few teams. And an overall great guy. After all that, we're pleased to have on today Steve Big Mac McIntyre. Uh, Steve, first off, man, thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, I loved your tweet the other day, and you know, I was like, we need this guy on. Like, so, um, you know, what's new with you? How are things? What's going on? You know what, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's a lovely, overcast day here, and I'm actually in southern Alberta right now. But, uh, yeah, they're not just uh, working. I'm, going, I'm on days off now and just kind of hanging out and, and uh, yeah, enjoying this lovely weather until it starts changing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Steve, you're not I... getting what we're getting tonight? Oh, yeah. Minus 40 Pardon tonight? Me? You're not getting what we're getting tonight? Minus 40 for the next three days? I think they Jeez. call it a uh, Siberian suplex or something. I don't know. They change it every time. Uh, I, no, I, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I'm, it was supposed to get down to like minus 32 or something like tonight. So it's, uh, it's not good. It's, it's melt. It was melting yesterday. Like it was raining yesterday and it was melting a lot of the snow left. And, uh, like I said, I feel bad for all the critters, you know, we got cows and, you know, that and horses too. And it, I mean, it's just that much of a, of a weather change. Golly, that's, I mean, it's hard on us, but let alone them, but right. I don't know. It's, I hate winter. <laughs> uh, Steve. So I, I want to ask, you know, first off, you know, what are you up to now that, you know, you're not playing hockey anymore professionally and whatnot. What are you doing? What, what's the job? Uh, you know, where are you at these days? Well, I'm actually, I was, when I retired, I was, uh, I was working down South North Carolina. I was actually a fireman for almost four years uh, down there. Uh, absolutely love that job. There's nothing I would rather be doing other than being that. But uh, unfortunately, my uh, my dad got sick and, uh, you know, the opportunity to come home and, and help him uh, was there. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing a little bit of there, helping him when they need some help. And 
Right. Fortunately, he was, uh, you know, he, he's got a clean bill of health now. Um, and then I'm actually uh, working for Baytex Energy. So as an operator, so they've been really, really good with me and really patient. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of going around checking wells, making sure everything's going up and down, making sure we're, you know, oil's going in and out. <laughs> awesome. Up and down. I love it. Uh, Trey, where do I head or do you want me to go? Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, Steve, with minor hockey growing up, uh, how, how was it for you? Did, did it come easy to you? Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you and I being the same age, mom and dad really, you know, let you choose your path for hockey. But, uh, yeah, so go through your minor leagues. Like, I mean, minor, minor. When you and I were back playing, you know, right. Peewee, Bantam, Adam, all that kind of stuff. Right. Nothing ever came easy for me. I mean, I can remember, there's not a lot I can remember about, you know, my early, early days, but other than the one time, you know, I got all the hockey gear, uh, you know, it was the first practice, man, you know, I was a huge Oilers fan, you know, Wayne Gretzky was my hero, blah, blah, blah. And just, I get out there and absolutely the very first thing I did is face plant, just bang. Oh, and I'm like, I I was so discouraged because I mean, of course I got up there and, you know, but I mean, that was the one thing that stuck out in my mind, you know, remember in those days, but, uh, you know, it was something that hockey was always something that I had to work at. You know, I'm not the most athletic guy, not the most uh, fleet of foot, but, uh, you know, it was something that I enjoyed doing. And, and, and like I said, I'm kind of like a blue healer dog. Once you kind of, once I start something, I, I, I don't quit or it's hard for me to quit and uh you know or let go and and for hockey you know there was a lot of there was a lot of times where i was told that i was too slow too big too this too that or whatever and it's just like you know what i enjoyed the game and i wanted to prove those people wrong and including some of the guys in uh in my minor minor like i said uh league days i was always kind of the you know we like i went to a christian school uh up until my grade 12 years so i was kind of you know, and I, and I was on a different team other than like when we left Brock, like when I left my team in Brock, I went and played in Eston and, you know, then I went from Eston to Swift Current and then Swift Current to Saskatoon. And then I ended up going back to Kindersley and playing my double A midget, but I never really fit into it with anybody's, you know, I was kind of like, you know, a lone wolf a little bit. Like I, you know, I was always kind of the outsider. So I had to kind of, you know, it, it built me, it, it, well, it definitely was a character builder because, you know, as the outsider, you're not going to school with those kids. You're not seeing them every day. So you learn how to be a team, a team player. Right. And, you know, you, you kind of learn how to do things a different way. And, you know, I think it, it actually helped me later on because, and even now, like working with people that, uh, you know, they're, they're just different of opinions, different views on things, you know, it, it kind of built me into who I am today. And, you know, so it was, uh, you know, if I was going to say, yeah, I scored a whole bunch of goals in my minor hockey, uh, that would be a lie. I was, uh, I was not, I don't think I started hitting until I want to say first year Bantam. So, you know, cause I, I was always head and shoulders above everybody as far as height. And so, I mean, it was, I never really had a mean streak, but I was always aggressive. So and it was something, you know, going on and playing. Uh, I kind of developed it a little bit toward midget, triple uh, A. Uh, you know, I played in Saskatoon my first year midget. And, uh, you know, I kind of started figuring out, okay, what 
they kind of were looking for. They wanted me to be a little more physical and, and of which, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Like I love to hit and I love to play physical and I love to play, you know, that style of game. I, you know, was taught to, to play a certain style and, and play hard and, and try to somewhat play within the rules um, of which my dad still gives me, you know, a little bit of grief, uh, you know, even at 42 years old. <laughs> so, you know, it was always kind of one of those things where, you know, I had to work at things and I had to, uh, you know, a big part of my career was, was two guys that, uh, that I wish I would have had earlier in my career. Uh, you know, when at a younger age, I never had uh, like Paul Vincent, um, he was my skating skills coach when I went from, you know, the transition from playing, uh, you know, like a regular in the East Coast Hockey League to making the big step to the American League. He was in Providence and he was my skills coach while I was 26 or 27 at that time. So, I mean, you don't really, your window of, of developing, you can still develop, but, you know, I, I wasn't able to maybe fully cap capitalize on that by having him at a younger age, which I encourage kids to, you know, like if you're serious about it, go find those skill coaches and go find those, you know, uh, those guys that can, that can help you out, especially with your skating. You know, that was, that was huge for me is, is being able to do that with him. So, so yeah. And, and long, I guess, uh, it, like I said, it was, it was a, a constant, I was always a constant, uh, uh, work in progress. <laughs> well, Drew, I guess we can wrap up the show. You already gave us the, <laughs> at the end of the show, but uh, thanks for having uh, uh, coming on there, Steve. No, I <laughs> um, you know, something, something about you and I, Steve, we're the same age. I played hockey my whole life growing up, obviously never made the show by any means should have, but uh, too short. And back then <laughs> it was a big man's league. I was just a little guy, but let's be honest. Tails out there, right? I mean, come on. That's why you got the physicality, right? Chasing skirt. Come on now. Don't lie. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, I didn't hear you. You broke up. Oh, I totally cut out. Oh, I was going to say, I said, we're the same age. Right. Physicality came easy to you because it was skirt. They're around the rinks all the time, right? Come on now. That, <laughs> you know that BS and BS. Or... Well, I mean, I'm not going to bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean... Like I said, my first year pro, it definitely opened up my eyes as far as that, you know, the, the, uh, that goes, I was, I was, as far as that, as far as the opposite sex goes, I was just the total stereotypical bumbling, fumbling, you know, uh, just like, uh, I just had no, like, didn't know what to do. And then it kind of, it's like, they kind of found you. And it was like, I don't know if that was good or bad or whatever, but we're just going to. We're just going to go with that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But I, I, I do, yeah, I do it was wanna... fun. Put it that way. It was a lot. I had a lot of fun. I had a I, lot I, of fun. I want to piggyback my question. Uh, you know, so you grew up in Brock, Saskatchewan, right? Correct. Yeah. That, that's where you're, Correct. you started playing yeah. hockey. So you guys had yeah. accessibility to the rinks pretty much anytime you wanted. Correct. Absolutely. Anytime. Literally we wanted like, you know, I was, I was telling the kid here, I've been teaching uh, riding and roping lessons. I said, you know, we, that was when we were a kid. I had a hockey stick in my hand during the wintertime. We were at the rink. And I said, in the summertime, I had a rope in my hand. And I was out, you know, riding horses or doing whatever. So, you know, yeah, we, we, ha we had access whenever we wanted, pretty much. So I never got the luxury of playing in Brock, Saskatchewan. But I want to know, how's the rink burger there? Uh, from what I remember, pretty good. Um, I think probably still pretty good. I haven't had one. Actually, I haven't had one for quite a while, but I've heard 
uh, a little town down the road, leaders or pardon me, Etonia and leader Saskatchewan have, uh, like I said, their little hamlets down the road. They're, they're, you know, small town Saskatchewan. They're, uh, they're right up there too. But I, I, I think from what I remember, Brock was really good. So, uh, Steve, you mentioned pretty good. You mentioned in the winter times you were playing hockey, and, and in the summers you were, you know, yep. roping. Uh, you know, I, and then you also mentioned that you weren't the most athletic guy. I'm curious to know, you know, were you playing baseball? Were you playing other sports? Because like you see nowadays, it's 12 months of the year. And I, I'm a firm believer that you should play golf, you should play baseball, play whatever. I think it helps you out. But I see it because I, I teach hockey a lot of the months of the year. Right. There's players on the ice a lot. You know, I think that's the biggest misconception is people, you know, I tell parents, like, let the kid be a kid. Like, you know, get them, like, hockey. there's hockey season, there's baseball season, there's rugby season, there's, you know, all these other lacrosse, like, all these other things. They tie into hockey, you know, as far as hand coordination and all that stuff. But, I mean, if you're one-dimensional – it's like being a one-dimensional player. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. I was a one-dimensional player, right? So I can work on my craft as a, as a one-dimensional player, and I can be really, really good at that. But if I don't develop those other aspects of my game, it doesn't matter how tough you are. You can be Muhammad Ali, put him on skates, and if he, if he can't skate up and down the ice, you know, like Rolling, if he yeah. doesn't get – like, it's just, you know, so I – like I said, I've always encouraged – even my kids, like, you know, my guy, he's 16, he's playing basketball, he plays baseball. Now, granted, I'd rather have him play baseball because I enjoy baseball. It makes sense. Basketball, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I never played basketball as a kid. I played baseball. I loved it. I threw absolute heat because I was the biggest kid. And uh, and then I threw my arm out. And then, yeah, I can't even throw baseball now. But I absolutely loved it. Like, I love baseball. But it's embarrassing. Even playing slow pitch now, it's like I'm the worst player out there because, I mean, I can't, you know, from shoulder issues that I've had and me throwing a baseball, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. Even, even getting up there to hit the ball, it's like, I want to, there's so much frustration that comes out and there's so much hatred and like pent up aggression that comes out in my swing. Like I don't do anything easy. It's like, I have to hit it the hardest. Like we were, I'll tell you a little story. So we went to, uh, we were in Pittsburgh. I was, I think it was the first or second year I was in Pittsburgh. We had a golf tournament and I'm not a golfer by any means. Like I'd rather watch paint dry. So <laughs> I get these, <laughs> I get these golf clubs and I mean, granted we're driving around and I mean, I'm having a pretty good time. Like, you know, you, those kind of deals where you play best ball or whatever, it's, it's a lot of fun. You go out a couple wobbly pops and, and uh, you have make a good time of it. You have a fun, you know, it's a lot of fun. Well, I get out there and I'm absolutely just crushing the ball, but it's going left, right. I don't even know where it's going. Sometimes, an army golf. you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, summer here, summer there. <laughs> well, this one, so I didn't know it at the time, but I think Dan Bosma and the. Oh, no. Uh oh. Uh oh. He's covering his face. He is on a glitch. The, he's coming back. The he's this coming back. Running back. Okay, he's back. You're back. We got yeah. him back. Back. Nope. He's oh. frozen again. So anyway, I absolutely. Are you there? There you go. Okay, hold so on. I we absolutely some... tattooed. Okay, ta uh, tattooed. Okay, there you go. Okay. You're on the heater with Dan Bosman. Yeah, yeah. Dan Bosman. Then it went blank. <laughs> so Dan Bosman, the coaching staff. I'm. I think they were on the other side of the the tee box, and I'm up there, and I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure who I'm golfing with, but I mean. 
we're having a good time. Well, like I said, I've been spraying them all over the, I mean, getting a hold of them, but I'm just trying to straighten them out. Then <laughs> the guys are trying to, trying to give me a little bit of pointers, you know, and of course the more they give me the pointers, the more frustrated I get. So anyway, I get up there and I mean, I absolutely crushed this ball, like just absolutely crushed it in the soft spot. And I mean, straight down the pipe. Well, I didn't know as long as, you know, whatever longest drive, ball yeah. or whatever yeah i drive i don't even know the term anyway i ended up winning the thing and down Bosler comes up and he says holy flip mockery says that is the most aggressive there is so much aggression coming out in your swing <laughs> like you just you know you're we giggling about it and i said yeah i said i don't get out much playing this game i said i have a hard time with it so you know that was my like i said i i i didn't I enjoy golf. My dad and my brother, they play a little bit. I get frustrated with them. Of course, dad, he's, you know, he's trying to give you pointers and your brother's kind of sitting there giggling at you and you just want to wrap the golf club around his head. But uh, no, I shouldn't say that. He's, he's a pretty good golfer. He got all my brother good, you know, bless his heart. My brother, he's, he lives in Emerald park. He is like, he was, a, he was a kid. Like He worked hard. Don't get me wrong, but he could score. He could, you know, he had all, all the moves and he could, he was, a, he was a great basketball player. And, and like I said, he, you know, he had all the tools, that, you know, in a different direction, but I mean, and like I said, he worked hard too, but he got all the skill. And I want to say, and I mean, he's a big guy too. He's six foot two, so he's no slouch, but I got the size and he got the skill. So <laughs> it's just funny that usually you correlate a hockey player with golf, right? 90% right, of right. hockey players are golfers. And you flat right. out said in the podcast that you're not a golfer. You don't care for it. You're Terrible. Asleep, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's weird. That's just really, really weird. I think that's the 10%, though. I think like 90% <laughs> of guys I know play in the NHL or play pro hockey, like we they, they golf and they're good. Or there's 10% that are right. just like, I'd rather go bowling. Oh, I would 100% play. rather go bowling. <laughs> but then even bowling, it's like I get – I get so mad playing bowling too. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I get, I get frustrated easy. I'm, I don't know if I'm super competitive, but if I'm not good at something, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I get, I get right bent out of shape. Like my buddies, you know, we were open the other day. And of course, like I said, it's, I get super competitive when I'm roping because there's a lot of money on the line. Right. Right. And he's like, when was the last time you roped? And I'm like, ah, blah, blah. he's like, well, you can't go out there and expect to be the best if, you know, you haven't roped in however long. And I was like, ah, blah, blah. and of course I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, but I mean, I think that's just, we're, we're going to go off script here. Like we got a script that we want to ask you, but I mean, this is oh, whatever. so nicely. You're an ex NHL player enforcer. You don't right. golf. You don't like bowling that much. You were good at baseball. You were you compared yourself to uh, uh, Rick Bond, right? Uh, I don't know about what, baseball if I was good at that. But <laughs> what 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 made you transition to roping? And tell our listeners what oh. it involved. Well, it's I mean we so I grew up ranching and farming, and we always had horses, and we showed horses, and and uh, so it was just kind of one of them things. My uncle. Um, uh, you know, it was just something we did. And then all the neighbors, they roped and I wanted to rope and, and it just kind of, just kind of went from there. And, and now I've got, uh, I've got my one good, you know, he's finished and I've got three in training right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, 
I mean, now, like, if you guys, you guys have obviously heard of the World Series of Poker, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, there's like a so they've got a World Series of Team Open. It's like you have to qualify. Okay, I, 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 I got to cut have... you off right there. I got to cut you off right there. Right. Explain to our listeners because you are the first roper we've yeah. had on mm-hmm. our show. Explain the process of roping. <laughs> Well, there's like you've got a calf roping, uh, you've got or pardon me, tie down roping, you've got steer like steer tripping, and you've got breakaway roping, and each event is different. Well, my event uh, is team roping, and one you've got a team of two uh, two cowboys, two horses, and a steer uh, that's in the chute, and the one uh, cowboy he starts everything off. He nods, he calls for a steer, and he's called the header, and then he goes out, ropes the head. Uh, it could be around the horns. It could be a full bell collar catch, like around the neck, or it could be a half head. It could be a horn and a half in a head. You know, those are legal uh, head catches. Everything else is illegal. Like if you've got a, you know, they call a hickey the horn, where if your slack comes around and wraps, I mean, you can get into technical stuff. But that's the that's the basis of of team roping. And then as the header catches the horns or the neck, uh, the healer has to come in and rope the back feet. So that's why it's called team roping. And then obviously the fastest time wins. So everybody puts their money up. You know, it's like, it's like anything. Everybody puts their money up and, and uh, you know, it's, you're definitely gambling and you're gambling on yourself and your horse and your partner and, and hoping you get a good steer that, uh, you know, isn't going to be a screamer and isn't going to be, you know, dirty to you as far as throwing you different head tricks or whatever. So that's kind of the basis of, of team roping. And then obviously you've got, you know, the other events as well as a calf rope and, uh, so it's kind of like a big cow cut up, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's a jackpot. Like we, yeah, we put, it's called a jackpot. So everybody puts, pays their money. So it's like whatever, however much a team or however much a guy, and then they put their money in, uh, you know, and they pay, I don't know, however many holes they want to pay or they, you know, prizes and all this other stuff. So it, it's expensive. Um, you don't ever get rich. If you want to become a millionaire in team roping or in rodeo, you have to first become a billionaire. Um, but uh, it's kind of like golf. You don't, you, you fork out a bunch of cash and, yeah. and uh, get all the clubs and get that. all this stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> so but, with John uh, Dutton, but yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Would John Dutton be proud of you? <laughs> Wow. I mean, you know, yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, okay. How I about think Jimmy? I'd give Rip, I, I give Rip a run for his money. That's for sure. For all of you know. out there that don't know what we're talking about, we're referring to Yellowstone. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of cool having a cowboy ex NHL or on the podcast. That is, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I use that term lightly cowboy, but I try hard. <laughs> I know I don't know Drew was going to ask you earlier, but I may as well go ahead. Are you sponsored by Taco Time? Uh, no, I'm. It's funny you say that. I've got a pretty good deal with Cactus Ropes and Cactus Gear, so they uh, they they they've helped me out the last probably three or four years uh, with ropes and uh, splint boots and tack and stuff like that. So they're uh, they've been pretty pretty helpful for that. So obviously you've got ropes and different things used on your horse and. And, uh, it can get fairly expensive and they're, uh, they've, they've helped me along the way for so sure. Very thankful for them. I can get a signed Steve McIntyre, uh, rope. 
you know what? It's probably, I've never signed a rope. Um, probably be the toughest thing I've ever signed because it's, uh, but you know what? We could, we could work something out. All I'm right. sure we can figure good. something out. Okay. Uh, I do want to ask some questions here because I, I wrote them down for a reason. So, um, but that is unbelievable though. So we're going to have to, if people listening right now, check out, what is this, the, the rope business called again? Cactus. Well, and so, that, oh, like yeah, I said, going back to the world, yeah. the world series. So you've got, and like I said, let me explain this. So you've got the world series of poker. Well, the world series of team roping is, is based on the same thing as world series of poker. And there's like, I think they gave $16 million out away this year at the finale in, in wow. Las Vegas. So it's very, yeah. If you like, if you hit in your, if you end up winning it, it's like 150, 200,000. I think uh, it was 190. They paid a man. They paid in each uh, for winning it plus saddles, plus all the prizes, plus, plus, plus. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, that's kind of why, why I'm, I'm pretty, I try to stay as competitive as I can. Um, Cause that's my, that's my kind of my goal is, is to make it there. And, and uh, I'm definitely not going there to play potty cake or make friends. I'm going down there. Like I said, with my hammer cocked. So it's, uh, <laughs> but like I said, you know, you, you're training and, and, you know, you're riding your horses, you're roping, and then you've got to have great people like Cactus, um, you know, helping you out along the way. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's in a very, very, very expensive sport. <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's but awesome. it's one I enjoy. So no, that's sweet. Uh, that's kind of low down. On the rope. No, I'm fired up. I want to try it, but I'm terrified of, Fuck, even when I go to the aggravation, I'm scared of those things kicking me in the head. So, uh, but that is cool though. Uh, I do want to talk some hockey here. Okay, so you spent four years in the Western Hockey League, Red Deer, Prince Albert, and a stint in Med Hat, and I believe Saskatoon and yep. Saskatoon. Saskatoon um, yep. You know what were those years like? You get traded to Red Deer, I believe. Was that the Mem Cup year, or was that just the year prior? Uh, that was the year before. Yeah. So who was your coach? Was Brent Sutter your coach? Brent Sutter was my coach. He was a GM, owner, GM, head coach, everything. Yeah, he drove so the he was too, uh, um, uh, premier. <laughs> what was it like he, uh, for Brent in Red Deer? Um, at the time, it was miserable. Um, and I, like I said, I have the utmost respect for Brent. But I, at that time, I didn't know what he wanted. I didn't yep. know um, how to be a you know, uh, uh, um, good at what I did. I don't know if I necessarily was great at what I did, but I didn't understand the role fully. Like right. I just didn't have, I was a farm kid from Saskatchewan and, and you know, I, I just didn't understand it. My mom and dad didn't want me fighting. Um, so it was kind of like, I was, I was in uncharted territory. Like I just, I had to learn, I had to figure it out. And Brent is very, very demanding and very, uh, you know, he, he was going through and it actually, it was such a character builder for me playing for Brent because he was so, he was very, very intense. He demanded the most from you, but also he made, he was part of the reason why uh, I did as well as I, well, probably the reason why I continued playing hockey. Uh, he was probably the big, one of the biggest catalysts in now, Granted, we, we didn't, we didn't jihaw and I wanted, like, we were in, we were playing in medicine hat here and I'll tell you this story. And I mean, I, I'm an open book when it comes to stuff. So he traded for me. Um, 
I played, I think a couple, two or three months for Red Deer. And I mean, I was, I was just miserable. Like I just didn't know what, what he wanted. I didn't know how to do my job, all these things. And, you know, I wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really uh, giving myself the, the best opportunity. I was just showing up for practice and really just kind of, you know, deer in the headlights. Well, right. we were playing hockey, we were playing against uh, Medicine Hat and I was just having one of those games where I wasn't playing much and I was just pissed off at the world. And, you know, Josh Mazur, who's one of my buddies now, he's, I want to say he's assistant coach for the Tigers. Now him and I were jawing back and forth and, and I told him to kick rocks, maybe not as nicely as I said that, but, uh, and then Brent's like, well, why don't you do something about it? And he was kind of in my ear barking at me, like, you know, and then I took a dumb penalty and, and it just kind of went downhill they played me a shift and I went out I was so mad like I'd come in the penalty bot or from serving my penalty and he's just you know mother trucking me you know this that never like I said he was pretty hard on me but he was hard on me for a reason and right. at that time I didn't know it but I was so mad I was so mad with him I was so mad at myself well they stuck me out against Josh and I mean I felt bad like you know Josh and I fought and I mean I give it to him pretty good because he, we had fought earlier, we'd fought a lot against each other, but that, and I mean, he was, it was a draw usually, but I want to say that one fight, I was mad. I was frustrated. And I want to say that he didn't, you know, do as well as he, he'd done previously. And, and then to top it all off, you know, there was some stuff that happened after the game and, you know, I'm, I wasn't able to go see my, like, just, just little things that yeah just infuriated me more. Um, so I wanted to quit hockey. I was done. I was in tears. I wanted to quit hockey. And the next day, um, you know, he wanted, he brought me into the office and I mean, I just was a wreck. Like I, you know, I just was an absolute train wreck. And I said, I I'm, I'm done. I, I, I can't do this anymore. And he, he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, you know what, Macker? He said, you quit now. He said, you'll quit every, every time when anything ever gets tough, you'll quit. Now, granted, you know, I've got enough McIntyre try from previous, you know, to, to not ever quit. But that was one day where it was just like, I'd had enough. I was at my breaking point and he brought me to that. He brought me to that point. And, you know, he, he could have said very well, said, you know what, piss off, you know, I'm trading you to Timbuktu and never said anything to me at that time. And I mean, granted at that time I was still pissed off and I, you know, but I took what he had to say and I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to take, like, I might not agree with everything, but I took that and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, if, if, if I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that for like, you know what, if somebody says I can't do something, yes, I can. Yes, I can do this. I can do this, you know, and I use it in a different way. And and I never forgot that. And, you know, of course I kind of held a grudge against them for a long time. And, but I, I was, inadvertently he'd planted a seed to where it was building me to like not ever get that feeling again and to try a little bit harder and to you know to 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 go through the rigors of everyday life as a as learning my job and learning to be good at it and and I had the opportunity to I was playing in uh I was I want to say it was my second year I can't remember if he was coaching Calgary when I fought Igonis or if Mike Keenan was coaching. I can't remember. 
I think it was he was coaching, and I want to say he told Ivan, or he told Ivan not to fight me. But anyway, they that that year kept, you know, we played that year. I ended up getting signed by Florida or put on waivers. Florida picked me up. I ended up going to Rochester. We played Abbotsford in the in the playoffs, and there was Ryan McGill, my old coach from Hartford, Brent Satter, and Dave Lowry, and they all came in. We were we were having dinner at a restaurant. A, a slash bar or whatever and they had come in and i said to the people that i was that i was sitting with i said excuse me i said i need to go you know talk to brent and i hadn't talked to brent for however many years and like i said we kind of didn't leave on great terms right but anyway i went over and i tapped him on the shoulder and i looked at him i dead square in the eye i said brent can i talk to you and of course you know brent being a, a very proud guy he said yep no problem so i said can i talk to you outside so anyway we walked outside and I'm sit I'm standing on the, on the pavement and he's standing on the concrete boulevard or, you know, sidewalk. And I'm looking at him and I said, you know what, Brent, I want to, sh- I want to say thank you. I said, you know, not only did you uh, give me shit when I needed it, but you, you gave me a, you gave me something to work on. And, and I never forgot that. And it's, it's gotten me, you know, to where I am today to be able to play my first NHL game. You know, and, and that was when I was ended up being with the Oilers. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And I'll never forget, he was like, whew. Like, you could just see him. He just was like, oh, shoot. Because I thought, you know, he was thinking the same thing. He was like, oh, geez, you know, we're maybe going to go after roll around out in the parking lot here. But uh, and it was funny. I ended up I ended up playing with uh, Brandon in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And he, he told this story, too. He said, yeah, Dad. He wasn't real sure what to think about that, but you know, obviously we can laugh and joke about it now. And, and I see him from time to time and I seen him up at the CFR the, a couple of years ago and I had, you know, had a chat with him. And so, yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the, you know, the best of times when I was in Red Deer, but you know, in the, in the long run, it, uh, you know, it was probably the best thing for me at that particular time. So you know, that was uh, that was pretty kind of a cool little tidbit, a little story. You know, Drew, we've had a lot of athletes on this show, right? And that is one of the first times we've heard a story like that, where they were yeah. knocked down, don't want to play anymore, want to quit, get a little tap on the shoulder from their higher ups and say, you know what, keep on plugging, kid. You're going to make it. You're going to do well. So, yeah, Steve, yeah. thank you for sharing that story. That that was actually a really yeah. good story. We don't hear that yeah, very often he, from professional athletes. There was, so. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple times, but that was the one that really stuck out for me. Uh, you know, I was just sticking it out and like he didn't he didn't have to do it. And I don't think maybe the the timing was, you know, like I said, I, I didn't know what to do. I was just, you know, I was fighting just to fight like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to go get however many fights and maybe I'll get drafted. Like I didn't know anything about the draft. I didn't know. Like, I, I mean, I was just playing hockey just to play hockey type thing. I didn't have a goal. I didn't have a. You know, I, I didn't know really what I was doing or kind of the direction I was going because, you know, our, our family had never, you know, there was only a handful of people that from our hometown that even, you know, made it, you know, past, uh, you know, junior hockey. So it was, it was, you know, it was kind of uncharted territory for myself and my parents. So it was, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a steep learning curve and, and, uh, but, you know, obviously it worked out. So, Steve, you just kind of rolled right into the next question. Um, it's a two-parter. Uh, how, where do I start? I guess, one, are you the only person out of Brock, Saskatchewan, to make it to the show? 
I believe I'm the only um, build a uh, statue. That's it. Build a statue. Has to come now. Right. I believe I am. I know. I know Curtis Glenn Cross's family's from uh, Brock, uh, um, but I want to say that I'm actually the first person that you know that lived in Brock that played hockey in Brock because they their grandparents like Curtis's grandparents and his family they're from Brock, but. Mm -hmm you know, he lived in Kindersley and then he came out to Brock and, you know, that's kind of how that goes. But, um, I want to say that him and him and I are the, the, the only two that, that have come out of Brock to, as far as that goes. But, uh, as far as, you know, strictly Brock, like I'm a proud Brock boy and, uh, you know, there's definitely a little different, something different in the Brock water. And I'm pretty proud of that, but, uh, you know, uh, but like I said, his jersey's up there in the in the hall with mine as well, so that's kind of cool. Awesome. The second the second part to my question was uh, going to the draft. If Wikipedia is right, you can correct us. But you were undrafted, right? Um, right. I'm assuming according to Wikipedia, you're yeah. Undrafted. I was I was never never drafted to anything. <laughs> I was I Bantam draft, that, junior draft, anything. <laughs> well, honestly, I didn't know anything really about it, or how. I mean, I. I don't even like to this day, I don't really know how exactly how it works. And I hate to say that, but I mean, you know, but on the other side of things, it's like, you know, if you don't get drafted, if, if kids are listening to this right now, it doesn't matter if you get drafted or not like being drafted. Oh yeah. Cool. Like, you know, the guys that got drafted, got the big, you know, signing bonuses and they got the fancy cars. But, and I mean, as a kid seeing that, it's like, gosh, dang, you know, I'm, I'm just as tough or I'm just as good as those guys, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. But then I was like, well, you know what, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And if I work, keep working hard and, and doing the things that I can do and, and, you know, I'll get there someday. And like, you know, even now, like, you know, nothing's really changed with my mindset is even, you know, uh, being the best at you being the best at what you can do, you know, like, uh, you know, I work for a great company, Baytex and like, I want to move up the ladder at Baytex and, and be, you know, one of the guys that guys are like, Hey, what do you think of what's going on? So, I mean, it's the same thing, whether it's playing hockey or whether it's life, you want to make sure that you're, you know, treating people with respect and, and, you know, being true to your word. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you get drafted or if you get handed, whatever, you don't ever change. You keep still, you keep working hard. Right. So again, I hate going back to you and I are the same age, but I mean, the Rangers picked you up, they signed you. Uh, back in the day, Steve, you know this like I do. We had a Nokia 6682. All you could do was play snakes. There was no internet. Right. Right. Uh, how, how did you find out you were signed by the Rangers? Well, I, so what happened was I, I went, well, this was a big leap of faith for my family. Um, so there was a, just a, he was a used car salesman-ish type character that, that called me from Bay City, Michigan. I want to say his, they were starting up a team in, in Bay City, Michigan. Um, and it was, it was like a glorified, well, it was like a junior B, overage junior B league, I think. So as a 20 year old or 21 year old, I could play one more year type thing. Right. So my mom and dad sent me down there or like, you know, it, it was an opportunity to go play. So, you know, obviously I wasn't getting the, the phone wasn't ringing off the hook to, for me to sign anywhere or go play anywhere so you know i i ended up going down there you know probably not uh my mom's wishes she wanted me to go to school but i was wanting to play hockey and so i went down there and halfway through the year 
actually probably a quarter of the way through the year, um, they ended up the team that this guy had, they ended up, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was like a, it was almost like the guy, like he did some pretty shady stuff. So like, wasn't paying his bills, wasn't doing this, like the stereotypical, you know, what you hear about. Yeah. Well, anyway, we had such a good group of guys that there were some people outside the, or in the community that bought the team from this guy, paid the bills off, you know, kind of revamped the team. We were called the Bay County Blizzard, which was the same name as the, as the minor team, like the minor hockey teams. Um, they were the Bay County Blizzard as well. And uh, so anyway, we ended up playing as a Bay County Blizzard, but anyway, Long story short, I accumulated uh, three uh, suspensions, fairly lengthy suspensions. So <laughs> I had got, uh, uh, but I mean, they were deserving. I, like I said, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, uh, uh, I deserve them. But uh, <laughs> I was sticking out for guys and sticking out for myself. And, but anyway, I got too many suspensions. And the last one, they ended up kicking me out of the league. So I, had, I, had, I didn't have a place to play. So it was either go play in Muskegon for the Fury, which they had a championship team, which was in the UHL, United Hockey League, or play for the last place Toledo Storm. At that time, I think they were the last place in the league, and you know, which was in the coast. So my coach is like, hey, listen, if it was me, this is what I would do. And he was a pretty straight-up guy. You know, he he liked my, uh, you know, my my competitiveness and my, you know, kind of a little bit of a mean streak. And he, I was one of the assistant captains on that team. And so, I mean, he appreciated what I brought to the table and I, you know, respect him for, for that. And so when he, when he said that, he's like, you know, this is what I would do. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to do that. Go win a championship. If this is my last year playing hockey, I can say, you know, I had a chance at winning a championship. So we ended up, I ended up going to Muskegon, um, you know, for morning skate. I hadn't signed nothing. They brought me in morning skate, um, Dan Cole was a coach there. He was a great coach. I love Dan Cole. Um, he, uh, he's like, yeah, we'll sign you right now. I was playing defense and I was kind of a big ignorant, kind of a mean, you know, whatever. And I, which I loved, I love playing defense. Cause it's like, I can make live life real miserable on guys, especially with the old school rules. So I just couldn't skate, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I ended up playing and then uh, I'll never forget my very first pro shift, my very first pro game. I fought Mark Durant and got, I got knocked on my keister and it was like a welcome to playing pro, bud. How is she going now? <laughs> like it was, it like, it was unbelievable. First shift, go out there, against the biggest guy and we, we fought. And I mean, we're going right. I'm going, I'm thinking, man, this, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I switched up and bang. I got hit in the lips, split open for six or seven, and and uh, I realized that I wasn't fighting boys anymore, and it was like <laughs> I better, you know, smarten up. And funny thing about it is, I think I fought him two or three times after. Like every time we play, I'd go right back at him, right back at him until I want to say the very last time he was in Lowell, I was in Hartford. I ended up finished. I put him down. So I got my I got my uh, uh, revenge, I guess, from him or on him, but uh, but. We ended up, I played, uh, I think I played 10 games regular season and then we ended up going to playoffs and we ended up uh, winning a cup, uh, winning the Colonial Cup that year. And, oh man, what a, what a fun time. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then, and then the next year is how I ended up, like I said, I'm kind of prequilling the story to Southwest Sign with the Rangers. So 
uh, I ended up going, I, I was going back to school. I was actually enrolled to go to school in Red Deer College. I was going to go, I was wanting to go get my education degree, be a teacher, you know, kind of go that route. And then uh, the Quebec Senior Semi-Pro League called and they said, hey, would you be interested in coming out for the weekend? I said, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. Anyway, they get off. And of course I got my, literally one of the guys was saying, I remember the very first time I seen you, you get off the plane, you got this big cowboy hat on. Well, that's me. And uh, I get off the plane and they wind and dine me. And it's like, they show me all this, you know, Montreal. I mean, it was, I was 21 years old and I mean, or maybe 22, I can't remember. And here it is like Montreal. And I mean, if you guys have ever been to Montreal, I highly recommend it is unbelievable. It's just, it's a beautiful city. And I mean, their extracurricular activities that were going on, it was just like small town Saskatchewan boy. You want to talk about like, Holy cow kind of stuff. <laughs> and I mean, if you could think it, it happened. Like it was just, it was incredible. Something that I never, ever had seen before and haven't seen since. But that being said, <laughs> it was quite an experience. And and I ended up playing there for, I think, a month or two months. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm going to further my career, I need to go back, either go back to Muskegon or go back or go quit and go to school. And uh, Troy Crowder actually kind of encouraged me to go back. And we had signed him. And he was kind of like, hey, you know, you, you can you can go play. You know, you're a tough guy. You're a big, strong kid you know, work on your skills, you can make a living doing this. So he was a big part of maybe making that decision, as well as my roommate uh, of going back to Muskegon. And then I ended up playing for Mike Busnick, was, which he was the coach for uh, for Muskegon. Well, he ended up being the assistant coach for the Hartford Wolfpack, which is the American League affiliate for the Rangers. So that's kind of how the whole Rangers and and uh, how I ended up signing with them and Wow. And uh, so how that all worked out. So long story short, that's kind of or long story long, I guess. That, that's, well, no, I, that's how it all happened. You can't end it like that. How was your first game with the Rangers? Like that had to have been like holy shit. Well, no, I on. never actually, I never yeah. actually signed with the Rangers. I like I sorry, I signed with the Rangers, but it was a, it was a two way deal with the Rangers in Hartford. So. If I would have gone up to Hart or the Rangers, I would have made, you know, my 500 grand or whatever, but I was ended up being, you know, paid my uh, American league salary in the coast. So I was making, you know, pretty good money at that time. Well, pretty good money period in the coast. Uh, you know, cause like I said, it goes back to, well, goes back to Ryan McGill. I was telling you about, he was my old coach. Well, I'll tell you my first training camp. So I never, ever got to play with the Rangers. Um, but I got ended up playing. I had a well, unbelievable year with uh, I want to say it was my second year with with Hartford Charlotte. I like had 400 penalty minutes. I split the year between Charlotte and Hartford and had probably the best year I ever had playing hockey. But uh, my my first training camp, I'm in Hartford, I don't know anybody, I'm just nervous as you can imagine. And I mean, I was a drill buster. And I still could be a drill buster, but I was definitely a drill buster back home or back then. So anyway, like everything's moving so fast and it's just like, I'm a, I'm literally a deer in the headlights. And I mean, I'm wrecking drills, like I'm busting drills up and I mean, I'm just like the more, you know, I'm getting yelled at and I'm frustrated because I'm busting <laughs> drills up. And Ryan McGill comes over to me, he says, if you freaking mess up one more freaking drill, 
He said, I'll send you back down the coast so fast it'll make your head spin. Well, anyway, I don't know if I messed up. Well, I probably did. But anyway, I ended up on the coast. But I was back and forth with Hartford that year and, and, and Charlotte, you know, or up and down those three years that I was with them. But, uh, but you know, it was just kind of a neat experience. You know, welcome to pro hockey. Like, this is how it works. You know, it wasn't just a – you know, a Sunday afternoon state, like, you know, there was a definitely a different way of doing things and I had to learn and figure it out. And it was, it was a learning curve. It was an experience. And then, like I said, uh, you know, finally started to catch on and kind of figure out my groove and kind of went from there. All righty. Paid Matt, before we get into your Edmonton days, we got to mention that the podcast is presented by Rubber Crow. It was founded in 2021. It's made out of 100% recycled tires and has tons to offer. They offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, rubber mats, horse stall mats, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubbercrow.com or can follow us on social media at rubber.co and can call as well, 306-541-9840. Steve and everyone else out there, think with your head and choose the right rubber. Fuck, what an ad read. What an like it, like it. So, Steve, if you need if you need well. stall mats, I'm your guy. I'll sell you rubber mats. I, I wow, yeah, absolutely. I want to turn that down. Perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. I know. I They're think expensive. Well, we'll figure it out. Get my number now. <laughs> we'll figure something out. There you go. I'll uh, take some seconds or something like that. <laughs> Okay, I know Troy's probably dying to, to get into this. Uh, Steve, you know, you played there. The Edmonton Oilers, you know, uh, Canadian franchise, a, a very historic team. You played there. You are a big part of that team. You know, let's not uh, beat around the bush. You were tough as shit. Uh, walk us through, uh, you know, your time at Edmonton, and, you know, I'm sure Troy has some questions as well. I don't know tough shit. I just didn't like to quit. I don't like, like said, but I could take a punch with the best of them. <laughs> I had a hard head, but yeah, my dad actually used to be like, you know, you should probably think about throwing more punches than you do and catching. I was like, yeah, probably. Like, I'll never forget it. So, Eric, so I, my first year in, in Edmonton, I mean, it's just like incredible. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm playing in Edmonton. This is a team I grew up watching all my life, you know, Wayne, like the whole shebang. Like, part of the reason why I wore 33 was Wade Bielak, Marty McSorley. And you know, those are like wow, okay. when I was with the Blades, Wade Belak were number 33. So it's like, man, I got number 33 because of Wade Belak. You know, that was whatever. And then, you know, I started watching, you know, Martin Sorrell. He was 33. He's playing for the Oilers. And I, I go up to Sparky. Well, I got the worst number in training camp. I got 25. And I mean, like the worst number in the league. <laughs> so anyway, I, I go up to Sparky after, you know, after I'd made the team and, and opening night, and I, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, w- w- I actually asked Sparky and Barry both. I said, would you w- would he, would you think it would be okay if I wore 33? Would it be all right with Marty? And they're like, absolutely. He'd <laughs> love it. So, you know, so that's kind of how I got that number. And then, uh, you know, like I said, playing there, I mean, it was like a dream come – it was just a dream come true. But uh, – you know, it just, I know I'm kind of rabbit trailing. I've kind of lost my train of thought there, but I mean, it was just, it was something that, 
as a little kid, it's, it's like, if you grew up in New York city and you want to play for the, you know, the Yankees or, you know, whatever, that's, it's just right. one of those things. It was just absolutely unbelievable experience, uh, you know, and something that I will always cherish, but, Oh, I know what I'm saying. So talking about fighting. So my very, I think, well, me and, so Eric Goddard and I'd fought, well, you played in Lathbridge and I played all everywhere, you know, Saskatoon, Red Deer, Pre-A, Madison Hat. So every time we play, uh, we lose him, we pause him. He's uh, just taking a time. You oh. guys still there? Yeah, now you're back. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, my mom was calling me, so I had to oh, reject. Oh, but uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, we we're talking about fighting and ducking punches as well. My my, uh, I got my face broken in this fight, so I uh, broke my arrow bone. He broke my arrow bone, and of course, I didn't know it was broke. But anyway, he broke my arrow bone, and then I I ended up hitting Chris Letang a second. I got I went back in, got stitched up, came back out. There was like five minutes left in the game. I ended up, or five minutes less in the first period. I ended up stepped up, hit Chris Letang, and then you know circled the wagons and he's wanting to fight me again. I'm like, all right, let's go again, no big deal. Well, thankfully, you know Sheldon Surrey comes in there and, and says, you know, no, 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 you're hurt, whatever. So I didn't know I was hurt, but anyway, uh, I get taken out of the game. And my face blows up. My blew a snot rocket. My face blew up. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, anyway, uh. I get on the plane and as I'm getting on the plane, Mac Craig McTavish looks at me and says the exact same thing with my dad. He's like, maybe you think about playing a, you know, maybe you should think about being a little bit more defensive. And I said, well, I said a, a better defense is a better, a better offense. I said, I should have been swinging instead of, instead of eating punches. So, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of always one of my trademarks. I don't know if it was such a great thing to eat as many punches as I did, but like I said, I, I uh, ate a few probably more than I needed to, but uh, that was kind of kept me going. But anyway, but yeah, as far as playing for, you know, such a, an unbelievable organization, uh, it was just, it was a dream come true playing with guys like Sheldon Surrey, Stevie Stales, Fernando Pisani, you know, Dwayne Rollison, Jason Strudwick, uh, Ethan Morrow. Like it was, I had a blast. Like it, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So you got to play with, uh, Mr. Brick himself, right? Mike Comrie? I did my second stint in Edmonton. That was when I when they let me when they put me on waivers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say did yeah. you get any free. And we'd worked out we'd worked out a little bit uh at the same gym. Like he was kind of our workout group. He brought our average weight. We we so we worked out in Edmonton and get a little of this workout group. So if you weren't our average site, our average size, we were six three. And I want to say like 2.30. And there was probably eight of us working out together. There was myself, Kevin Westgarth, Drew Bagnell, uh, Kyle Brodjak, Kyle, uh, Zach Stortini, uh, George LaRock. Uh, there was a couple other guys. I can't remember. But uh, my, but Combs actually, uh, he brought our average down a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's funny. And, Pekka, and funny Phil, story Phil Peckham when he'd show up. Zach Stortini. This is this is actually funny. I was going to ask you this later, but you brought his name up. Uh, I was painting cars, well, back when you were playing, and right. I don't know, painted this guy's car or whatever. My boss knew I was a dire Oilers fan in Regina, right. Saskatchewan, and right. I get an eight by ten 
from Zach Stortini. He's fighting. He says, to Troy, to the best automotive painter I've ever met. And he signed it. And I'm like, well, I never met you, but my boss told him I painted his car. So I, I, it was kind of a what? funny story. But What? What? Do you remember what car it was? Oh, man, that's like, we're going back. Was it a was it a, a bot like a kit GT or a Shelby GT? Or not a Shelby. I was gonna, say, Mustang, I was gonna say a Corolla, but I could I can't remember. Oh, but I still I still have the picture downstairs. It's pretty cool having an autograph. Great. Never knew I painted it. Um, he, do you remember a guy by the name of Dean Arsini? Oh yeah, yeah. So Dean and well, I went to Dean. high school together. Yeah, we went to high school together. Yeah, well, Dean, me and Dean played for uh, Swift Current Broncos. He did. Yes, he did. He used yeah. to get pissed I off. I fought him a few come, times. Yeah, he used to come to the dome and we used to cheer him on, eh? Dino, Dino. He did not like that because he was still living in Regina but playing for Swift Creek, right? Right, right, right. right. Uh, so you had the joys of playing for Pat Quinn, correct? Sorry, what's that? You, you had the joys of playing for Pat Quinn, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah. My, okay, maybe uh, not a joy. Wow. Well, sorry. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I. Uh, it was kind of a like i think it was kind of when he when his health was it was turning bad like he was you know he was uh health wise he was struggling and and uh you know i i don't know like he kind of threw me under the bus when i fought uh ryan mcgratton in calgary and i didn't really appreciate it but at the same time you know i i mean it is what it is um but like I said, I had, there was such turmoil those years, like with, uh, you know, with, with the coaching changes, I think, well, Mac T was my first coach. I love Mac T. Mac T was, he was a guy that gave me an opportunity to, to, you know, he, he, he believed in me, encouraged me in his own little way. Like he's a little bit different, you know, uh, he's a great man. He's a really, really nice man, but he's just, you know, trying, like, he's not like me. I can talk to anybody and, you know, trying to make every, like, he's just, you know, he's, he's just a little bit, um, he's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Studious. And he's very, maybe guarded, but, uh, but he gave me an opportunity. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like you can see him on the, on the, um, you know, the panel when he was doing, uh, promotions or what he was working for, you know, the, I forget who's ESPN or not ESPN, TSN, or, you know, those stations, whatever. He's just, uh, he's very articulate and he's very, he's, uh, you know, he's just, he's just a little different than I am. And, uh, but he was, he was really good to me. I really re- had a lot of respect for him. And I was sad that they let him go uh, as a head coach. Cause I was like, man, I felt comfortable with him. You know, we were start, I felt like we were kind of like, he was, he could kind of, he could be blunt with me and I would just be like, okay. Cause I mean, it was Craig yeah. McTavish. Like it was another guy that I grew up watching like Craig McTavish, Charlie Huddy, you know, Kelly Buckberger, you know, Steve Smith. Like those are guys I watched and it's like, they could tell me to go through a brick wall and I'd be like, okay. You know, yeah. like those are, I respected them. I, I, I enjoyed them. And, and then when they made the changes, you know, to, to the, you know, Tom Rennie and Ralph Kruger and uh, you know, Pat, Quinn, it was just like, I just, you know, nobody really knew kind of what was going on. And then it was just, you know, and I mean, I'm not speaking bad of any of them, but it was just, it was hard to get a read on what, you know, was expected and what was, you know, cause it, you know, I mean, you could probably read between the lines. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so it was, it was just harder as a player. 
I'm trying to think. Troy, you got more I'm trying to think of some guys that would like you. you well, would, I thought you were gonna go with questions from the gallery. We what? We're no, we already we already tried an ad read. Yeah, we've tried an ad read. Um I wanted to ask about Ryan Smith, but he wouldn't have been there, would he? Uh no, Smitty no. Smitty was there. Um, like I said, Smitty was there uh the last year that I was with uh so we had skated with I'd skated with Another pause. Mom's calling again. Could be a phone call. Um, Great load. You there? You're back. Oh, there we You're go. Back. <laughs> My mom keeps calling me. It's like, Mom. See, I said mom called again. Mom! <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> Meatloaf, yeah. I never know what she's doing up there. I never know what she's doing. Right. Right. <laughs> Okay, so I, oh, I Josh. you were going to talk about Ryan Smith. You uh, you were skating with him the last year you were there. Yeah, the, the last year that I was there, uh, actually, yeah, it was the second. Well, pardon me. It was there was two years I got put on waivers because he was there the last two years of his career. So the last, uh, it well I put put on waivers and I think uh, Pittsburgh. No, was it Pittsburgh or Florida? I can't remember. Pittsburgh. It's kind of a blur though. It's kind of I think it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then uh, I was, yeah, that's right, Pittsburgh, because he played there three years, right? Toward the end, like he, I want to say he played yeah. three years. I can't remember. Anyway, I had Smitty and and uh, great guy. I really like, enjoyed Smitty. I had a lot of respect for him. Um, but uh, yeah, he he was. I mean, just the tenacity and the work ethic and. You know, even at however old he was when he retired, like he just, he was just a workhorse and, you know, an unbelievable guy, like, and a guy that I could call up and be like, Hey, Smitty, like, you know, I need something or whatever. Like, he's just that kind of guy. Right. Great. Yeah. We had a question coming from the show, friend of ours, Steve Samchak. You might know his brother-in-law. He used to play for the Hitman, then went to Las Vegas. Uh, Darren Lynch. I don't know if that name rings a bell. I played with Doug Lynch. Okay. In Red Deer. Yeah, I think Darren's. But I know there was. Um, Steve wanted to know if you ever developed a special relationship with former or the late Joey Moss. Oh, Joey was unbelievable. Um, he was, you know, every time he went into the room, whether we were winning or losing, I mean, it was such a, like, Joey always was, he was such an inspiration for us guys because he just came in and did his job and, and guys would, you know, they'd rib on him a little bit, cogs and gags. They would, you know, they, they, they were, all three of them guys were best buddies. Like I probably didn't have the the same relationship as those guys did, but I did actually. So as you know, Joey was big into wrestling. He was a huge wrestling fan. And, you know, we, we, on days like during the week or whatever, like if he had a beef with somebody or, you know, if they, you know, he'd actually, we'd, we'd have a wrestling match. So the guys would line up in the, or they would have, you know, everybody would be sitting in their stalls and, you know, guys that we'd play Joey's entrance, whatever wrestler at the time he was, he liked. And he would, he came in as the undertaker one time and he had like this black, uh, you know, like kind of a <laughs> hood on or whatever. And I think he had like the big, uh, um, okay. the, the the cape and then he had the like the Sith and like a you know cut out whatever cardboard like the guys made it for him and and I was to wrestle him so it was like 
you know, you're wrestling with them. And I mean, you know, I can't remember exactly what we were beefing over, but something. And, and I think Penn's was, was in on, the, oh, you shouldn't wrestle McIntyre, but you know, whatever. So we ended up wrestling with them. And I mean, this, he'd had numerous wrestling matches against Cogs and Gags and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Joey was fairly strong. So a guy can, I think he pinned, uh, he ended up pinning Cogs or Gags. I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, uh, you know, and just the memories that I have, like just him after the game, you know, cracking a cold one with the boys and, and just the way, uh, you know, him singing the national, him singing the national anthem every game was, you know, he'd sing it as loud as he could. And it was just, it made you appreciate, you know, you, you might be having a tough day or you might be, you know, whatever. And you look at Joey and he was such like a, just showing, he would show up day in, day out, you know, whatever time of day he was needed, he was there all the time. And he was such a good, uh, you know, he just was fun to be around. Well, and it carried on um, for like what 30 some years. I mean, he used to hang oh, with that, yeah. guys like you and even up to a couple of years ago with uh, Connor. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. he, he was a part of that organization. Yeah, that's awesome. And he was a part of the community, like, you know, he, well, there's a, I think there's a statue of him up in, uh, at Commonwealth, yeah. I believe. Yep. Yeah. Cause he so, worked for the I mean, he was just, well, that's right. Yeah. He was in the off season. He worked for the Eskimos. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, it, like I said, he was, he was such a, you know, it, it was, it's just unbelievable. And then, and then the community got behind him too. Like they loved him. Absolutely loved Joe. Like he, mm -hmm. you could have given him the cars, you know, the keys to the car or the keys to the city. And he, you know, it, it just was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, makes you appreciate the little things in life once in a while, and then that's awesome. So, oh, 100 percent. Like it is just like I said, it just you know, unbelievable guy. Uh, Troy, you got any more here for Big Mac? <laughs> I could go on all day, but I know he's got something to do, and I got something to do. But well, uh, we can always what? we can always go round two too. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna ask anytime you guys. Question. I want to ask one selfish question. Sure. What is your best moment in hockey doesn't have to be any your best moment for you hockey wise. winning the winter games saskatchewan winter games most fun i ever had playing hockey my i was in uh uh double a band or pardon me double a midget playing for uh the kindersley clippers and uh like our midget team and we got i got i've never been to a tryout before like I'd never been to a, like a, you know, a Sask first or like anything like that. I'd never been to one. And we went to the zone. I, I got asked to go to the zone tryouts for zone seven and I ended up making the team. And we ended up beating, I can honestly say that we beat uh, JJ Hunter's team down in uh, Shaunavan. I don't know what <laughs> zone it was, but that's my claim to fame. And I always made sure that I, that he knew it every time we played each other. I was like, Hey, I got that gold medal. <laughs> but uh you know that, that was guy. probably oh he's such a nice guy like jj was great um yeah he's a great guy and like i said you know see him further his career after hockey and what they're doing right now is amazing big fans but uh but yeah that was probably my favorite uh year playing hockey is i mean obviously i love playing the nhl but i mean you know you, you're playing you want to go medal, medal with your buddies uh, you know, there was, I think there was four or five of us actually from the same team that played on the zone team. So that was pretty fun. Okay. Rapid so, fire. Yeah. That, that one takes the cake. I got rapid fire. Are you an NFL guy at all? No. Hell no. 
Okay, well, screw that question then. I mean, I like the Packers, I guess, but I don't know. I I don't watch it. Hell no. Uh, (laughs) See, you're an Eagles fan. Ultimate golf foursome, but I know you're not a golfer, but we are a golf podcast. So let's make this the ultimate four-man roping competition. Pick anybody you want, living or dead, to be a part of your four-man team. Any sport, anything. Well, are we talking golf? Are we talking hockey? Are we talking? It could be any, anybody, any, anybody. Right. Ultimate uh, what are we playing? He said, "Well, I want to win the golf match if we're doing that." So, wow. Uh, I'm drawing a blank as far as golfing, but if I'm going roping, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with Jake and Clay, Jake, uh, Jake Burns, Clay O'Brien, Cooper, Trevor Brazil, and uh, probably my good buddy. Wow. Uh, buddy, uh, Jeremy Bueller, he's, uh, he's, uh, he won the, can- he won the, he won the world championship. He was the first guy, him and Levi Simpson won the championship in, I think 16 down in Vegas. Wow. And if we're talking hockey, uh, as far as if I'm going to go into a, if I'm going into a scrap and I want somebody to back me up, it'd be my brother, uh, hockey fight. And then, uh, you know what? Oh shoot! Jeez, I don't know. They're, I play with some tough guys, tough, tough guys. Uh, anybody? No. Oh, mom's calling again. <laughs> you better answer the phone. Oh, mom's be, calling again. Uh, I know. Well, uh, and then probably I don't know. Josh Mazur is tough, so. And as far as golf, you know what? I'll pick you guys and, and myself, and uh, you know we'll go Tiger Woods. I don't know Phil Mickelson. Huh. Who's a better guy? Who are we gonna have a better time with? That you know what? Let's 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 ask that question. I'm asking you, who are we gonna have a better time with? I'm not a golfer. Us three guys. Who are we gonna have a better time with? John Daly. Perfect. Oh, you, only oh, golfers. There we go. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Can it, can it be actors? I'd be like Bradley Cooper. Uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, perfect. Whatever. And oh, unbelievable. Then what's his name? Uh, what's the big guy from Paul Blart? Uh, Kevin James. Oh, uh, there's yes. My, there's Kevin, my, that would actually be. It, it would be nonstop. Will Ferrell. Be... Oh, have to right, Will Ferrell in there too. We got to do round two. Yeah, we have to do round two. Hundred percent. Uh, Macker, unbelievable today. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously you're working right now, so uh, I'll send the invoice. Uh, I appreciate uh, your time. So destroy. <laughs> Had a blast. Uh, yeah, let's do this again down the road for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, uh, that signed cactus rope, eh? Just so you know. Hey, you know what? Uh, we'll make something happen. But I have absolutely <laughs> had a blast. I love doing these things. Like I said, it, it, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to, to, like I said, I, I, I'm just a regular guy that got to do a pretty cool thing playing in the NHL. And I mean, I'm, I wouldn't have been there for, if it wasn't for people like, you know, like I said, so, I mean, come on the show and, and be a part of this. I, I'm really appreciative to you guys. And like I said, if I can help out or, you know, round two, round three, however, I mean, I got stories coming out the wazoo and as you probably know, I get a little long winded. So. You know what we should do? We should get one live in person. We should I was going to say, live. It, hey, I was gonna say anytime. Um, makes it easier on us. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually probably going to be down here this down your guys' way this summer. Uh, rodeo in Radville. Though you got a good rodeo there, and then uh, 
No, Radville, oh. Pilot Butte. Pilot hey, here, Butte, Radville, here's a, I think is the same we'll weekend. Do. So. Here's what we'll do. Because I coach the Pilot Butte Storm. We'll, we'll get you at the rink upstairs in the dressing room. It'll be clean and smell better, I promise. We'll get, we'll get in there and we'll, <laughs> and we'll do a live show. We'll do one there. The live hey, deal. All right, there it is. Sounds yeah, like sure. a plan. Thanks again, man. Stay in touch and let's, uh, let, let's do this again soon here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me. Lost Mountain Distilleries. Spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like hibiscus lime vodka, sweet tea vodka, local coconut vodka, and local watermelon vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Lost Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more. Alrighty, episode 134 with Steve Big Mac McIntyre, uh, late special guest to the to the show, uh, the original co-host. How we doing there, fellas? There he is, Troy. We're, we're getting high tech. I've got Troy on speakerphone next to the microphone. It's perfect. <laughs> we're like almost back to day one podcasting again. You sound really good though, not gonna lie. It must be that fresh air outside. Um, okay, well, uh, Troy, you were on for the show. Tori was, and I showed him a clip yeah. about the the mom, the meatloaf. Um, you know, thoughts on the podcast quickly with Steve, Steve Big Mac McIntyre. Wow, come on. Everybody out there knows I'm an Oilers fan, so it was a good one for me. I loved it. Uh, good old Sasky boy, me and him are the same age, so I know he said he'd definitely come back for uh, round two. Cause I think he was running out of time as he was sitting in his vehicle while I was sitting in mine doing the podcast, so uh, no, great guest, really good stories. I mean, Really glad he joined the show. Yeah, he was was a beauty. He's also, like we said, a roper. So I hope everyone enjoyed that because, um, you know, I think he's going to sign a rope for Troy. I don't know how you're going to sign a rope. But, uh, Steve, if you do this, man, I'm pumped to see how this signature looks out. It works out, sorry, for Troy. People have to, people probably want to know if he's sponsored by Taco Time, but they'll have to listen to the show or watch the show to see what we're talking about. So, exactly. Uh, Tori, you, you kind of saw a little, uh, glimpse of the of the show thoughts with uh, Steve there they seem like cool guy from just the the little clip that I saw speaking of roping we should find out who the best like rodeo guys in Saskatchewan and get them on yeah we, we, yeah, oh, no, we awesome. should get rodeo clowns on is that what they're called like the oh guys? yeah that would be he's a professional roper I mean he's well, planning on Vegas I think he was saying for yeah. the uh, what was it the two man competition or something one guy gets the cows the bulls yeah, the other guy gets the legs or dude y'all ever watch that yeah that like like troy's saying like when they they rope them down and then like hop off their horse and tie their tie their legs up and it takes like two seconds it's just like like they look like yeah, what, zorro Tori, what's your first thought when you see that uh how did like i don't, I don't know how they don't fumble fuck that like i don't okay i think it's now incredible ask me, my, ask me what my first thought is when i see that what's your first thought Animal cruelty. Those poor little calves have no chance. Well, they have no chance anyways. 
I know, because we're going to be eating them in about three to five years. I know. Yeah. You ever had a Big Mac? <laughs> yeah, that's not real. <laughs> that's sawdust and something. Uh, Tastes damn good. No free ads. Yeah, well, good thing we didn't say the, the, the name. Yeah, we just get sponsored by McDonald's tomorrow. Thanks for, car- <laughs> thanks for carving our burgers. Uh, we'd love to sponsor you guys from Millie. Um, yeah, check out our podcast where Troy said you have sawdust in your burgers. <laughs> You'll love it. Uh, okay, so episode 134. Troy's walking right now currently on the tennis courts in minus 35. Uh, absolute warrior. Tori's at home. I'm at home, obviously. But any last-minute thoughts here before we send it? Send the, No, this is it. So this is the end of the show. Again, Rubber Copo show. Uh, thoughts, fellas? Uh, yeah, I got one quick one. Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Troy, just to let you know, I took the Eagles to win the Super Bowl three weeks ago because of you and Dad. Yeah, there I you got you beat. I took it back in... Well, I'm just saying, I'm supporting you Early October, so... I, I'm a, I know big fan so are you and dad but I, I went with you guys and said hey you guys are gonna, the Eagles are going to win so fly Eagles fly Jalen Hurts will never be an NFL quarterback but he'll also be an MVP this year so I don't know something doesn't add up there <laughs> oh don't get me going Tori the Eagles are winning the ship dude I'm messing with you I love Jalen Hurts Oh, I thought what? you were taking shots at him. No. Fuck what, no. What's okay. the guy uh, from the well, movie? Invisible? Uh, it was a good day yesterday. I know this isn't dropping till later on, but yeah. It's dropping uh, like... A lot better than that. I, I, I apologize not being on that pre-show because we're going to talk a little more, but that okay. Bengals and Chiefs game. I don't know. They're all on the refs about rigging football. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Okay. Burroughs got sacked six times. Okay. Buddy took a stupid penalty on the lo- one of the last plays of the game. That's why you lose. It's football. It's not rigged. It's not boxing. And it's not e- it's not even the penalty. That, like they they had the ball with two minutes left. They had a chance. That's right. And That's didn't right. get it done. So yeah, we got a good Super Bowl. Chiefs, Eagles. I'm gonna say because I don't know. I'm hoping to be on next week because we got two weeks till Super Bowl. But if I don't, if I'm not on there. Troy's prediction for Super Bowl will be Philadelphia 27, Kansas City 23. I'll take the over. Uh, We'll make it over 48 and a half. Eagles are going to win. Mark my words. And Troy's. Uh, yeah, okay. we gotta get to do this together, there, fellas. Again, uh, again, it's been far too long since I've been on. Troy, I just uh, saw a commercial for the All Star Game. We talked about it on the pre the pre show. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on the All Star Game? Uh, is that still a thing? Yeah, in like the skills oh, call. Because okay. you know what, Tori, it's nothing like it used to be when you and I were. That's what I said. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's the old one. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really watch it unless one of my winners are in one of the skills. But was, I, I, actually, I don't know. Did they go back to the traditional game this year or are they still doing that stupid mini no, tournament? Still, I think it's a mini tournament. tournament. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I think that's ridiculous. But, anyways, that's my two cents. It's in Florida. Trust me, they're having fun. I saw Connor and Leon are in Turks and Caicos right now as we speak because they're on like a freaking two-week break or something. They, they haven't played since uh, what, Friday night, I guess, was their last game. And well, they need they the break. They've been carrying their, the their so. team for six uh, months. They need the break. Sorry? 
They need the break. They've been carrying the Oilers for six months. Yeah, well, he's he's going to show up to the fastest skater with the sickest tan. Eagles win the Super Bowl. Oilers win the Cup. I can't say my Red Sox are going to win the World Series. So two out of three ain't bad this year. So. Hey, hey, Troy. We we got a little spoiler alert. We're gonna we're gonna branch out away from sports and and start like a yeah, like a mystery. Yeah, we're doing podcast. a crime podcast. Yeah. So I, I I think we should get like you're the, you're the right age. We should get like the unsolved mysteries music. Dan, Dan, Robert Stack. Dan, Dan. Robert Stack tonight on unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Was it Robert Stack? I thought. What, what was the what's the guy on the uh, on. Oh no! Never mind. That, that was a different guy. He was on. Who was the guy on Rescue Nine One One? He was on Star was, Wars. Oh, that was uh, uh, Jesus, Captain Kirk, Saskatchewan boy. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Steve Coates. Oh, Willie, uh, William Shatner. William Shatner. Yeah. Good old Sasky boy. Never mind. But yeah, the guy on Unsolved Mysteries. So we'll get we'll get that music, and I'll be like, I will leave no stone unturned. I will not sleep a wink until we find out. Who let the dogs out? And then, you know, something like that. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 oh, or what does the fox say, for example? I don't know. Okay, there it is. Episode one thirty four. We got some football. Wait, wait. Wait, Episode. Wait, the box? Yeah, I think so. What? What happened? Well, you know, what, what does the fox say? And then that, that music video. I don't know, something like that. Some yeah, stupid song ten years ago. Uh, okay, episode 134, Steve McIntyre. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Tori, great to see you and hear from you. Troy, thanks for jumping on late. My apologies. Thought you saw the text. Uh, that's my bad, though. I'll water that one. Uh, you had your guy. So uh, that's it, fellas. Any last-minute last things before we go here? Stay warm, my friends. Except Tori, I hope you get cold. Like probably plus twenty six where you are. No, no, we've had crappy weather all month, but it's actually going to be a nice week. Like probably like fifteen every day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A lot, lot of rain. A lot of rain, boys. Alrighty, fellas. Everyone else. Minus forty two tonight with the wind chill. So I don't want to hear about your plus fifteen in rain. No. Okay. No. One thirty four off the hosel, coming to an end. Talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.